Holy nerve center. This is Flight Check Season 2, Episode 9. We are back one more time talking FlyQuest in every single capacity that we have. My name is Sandy Toes, and to my left and only my left tonight is my fellow host, Nox War. Curly over there on uh, vacation grayscale jail. Once again, uh, he has he has disappeared. But Knox is here, and Knox, along with me, is celebrating the uh, the two o flightless weekend. And we also I I got to point out just super quick. Right before the show started, we were like, "Oh, hey, let's let's both adjust our cameras so that people can see our uh, our FlyQuest shirts." And then I'm like, "Yeah, surely it won't look bad on stream, right? Surely there won't be a problem." And then instantly, I switched the scene over, <laughs> and like half our heads are cut off on the stream. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just ca- I'll, we'll do it like this. You oh yeah, see yeah, my yeah. You can, sure. yeah, we'll just uh, we'll talk like this the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> nothing can go wrong there. Uh, Knox, uh, 2-0 weekend. Uh, uh, pretty jazzed. 7-4 and four is where we stand right now. And, I mean, I feel pretty good just for so many reasons. One, I feel like we're in a very good playoff position. There are seven games left in the regular season. Uh, to be fair, we did take down literally the worst team in the league and another team that is also not very good. However, and I'm, I'm like jumping ahead of like all the points I had, right, right now we are in a very good position for playoffs, in my mind. Um, we could basically go 1-1 uh, next week and the week after, and then even go like 1-2. And we'd still finish like ten and eight, and that gets you into playoffs. So we could do like average or slightly below average for the rest of the season, and I think we would, uh, you know, still be doing pretty okay. I mean, how are you feeling just in general right now? I mean, I'm feeling great. Uh, I mean, theoretically, there's even a world where if we just get two more wins, depending on how the rest of the league plays out. Not that I want this to happen, by the way, <laughs> but. We could hit nine and nine, and yeah. we could make playoffs that way. Yeah. And hey, we're in playoffs. I'm right. I'm thrilled about that. But at the same time, that also means we're going like two and five over the next seven games, and that is not a good look heading into playoffs. Yeah, not not a good look heading into playoffs. And I know some things are going to be changing in the meta. I think a uh, a B patch was just previewed, where I know some bot lane stuff is coming out. So things might get shaken up who knows maybe we can uh we were able to adjust quickly to the meta once before and maybe we can do it again and then the other thing i was going to uh point out is completely slipping my mind now but it's um we are beating the teams that we should be beating right yes we beat tsm this weekend uh you know not always in the cleanest of ways uh, and the dig game was pretty close, but I think most people would say FlyQuest, Dignitas, kind of in that same realm of, like, these are teams that you should expect to be close in terms of skill level right now. But we beat them, right? Uh, close mm. game, but we were able to outmaneuver them in that final team fight um, and take the dub. So it feels like, okay, we're beating the teams we should be. 
I mean, that's a that's a good sign. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> and I think more than anything, it just it speaks to our level of clutch factor, I think. Yeah. Because a large portion of our wins so far this season, I think, have really come off of like these like end game team fights. Like it happened in the Hundred Thieves game. It happened in this Dignitas game. Um, I'm sure. Honestly, even the TL game, we lost that one. But I, I mentioned it. I think the last week or maybe the previous podcast. But Takui missed like a huge three man shockwave on a Team Liquid by literal pixels. Mm-hmm. If we hit that, like that's a whole different conversation, right? So it kind of comes down to, I mean, a lot of it. We just get ourselves in these situations, and more often than not, we're just pulling out more clutch, and mm-hmm. we're winning these last team fights of the match, and it's what's getting us our dubs but not to say that's the only reason we're winning but like it's part of it's a big reason in my opinion yeah i agree and i'm just looking at the teams that we have lost to i mean let me just name these teams cloud nine wow shocking number number two yeah team liquid oh dang wow we lost to team liquid number one yikes uh evil geniuses now this one Maybe not, like, knowing what we know now and just seeing how they are, okay, a little concerning. But probably, I would say if most people, you look, you compare these teams on paper, they would say EG should be the better team, right? Yes. And then the final loss uh, last week, not not this past week, the weekend before, week four, uh, Immortals. Um, one of the, and Immortals has turned out to be one of those teams where... They clearly are not good, but it feels like they could beat anyone in the league on any given day, um, you know, given the right comp and the right, you know, variables and things. Um, like, they're not a team that you should underestimate. So, we don't have any losses to a team like TSM or CLG. Uh, we beat Golden Guardians already once this season. Uh, we've beaten Dig twice now. We beat 100 Thieves once earlier this season. I mean, in terms of the the way tiebreakers, you know, if tiebreakers play a part in it, things look really good for us where we might not outright lose on tiebreakers too many teams. Um, yeah, for sure. And um, if we can get wins against, like, EG and Immortals, you know, we'd at least get, uh, like, a tiebreaker rather than just being... Uh, you know, two owed in the regular season by a team. Yeah, I would definitely say the win over Dignitas this past weekend was very crucial because it secures yeah. a 2-0 and it denies any tiebreaker possibilities whatsoever, right? Yeah. And Dignitas, in my opinion, is going to be a team that, even though they're struggling right now, like, uh, I, I think we're probably going to drop in the standings a little bit. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to be right in our, our range of what we're dealing with. And so if it comes down to it, I'm very glad we have the 2-0 record over them because it's going to make sure that... No matter what, unless we really bomb the uh, rest of the season, we should be finishing over on top of them. Yeah, totally agree. All right, some quick housekeeping. A quick reminder, we usually don't call out subs on the show just to keep the discussion flow going. I mean, if somebody were to drop like 100 gifted, I mean, you know, I think I would pause the show. (laughs) Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) hint, hint. Uh, But we will read subs off at the end and follows and things like that. Absolutely. 
Um, thank you for all your support. Really appreciate it. If you cannot catch all of the show right now, you got to go somewhere. Who knows? Maybe your uh, dog needs, you know, walking, or you got to go to the grocery store, or you know, something crazy. The VOD will be available right here on Twitch and also on YouTube on our channel, Flight Check Podcast. And the audio version should be up tomorrow morning on all of your favorite listening platforms as well. Quick uh, summary of what we'll do tonight. The week five recap, starting with TSM, and then we'll do a recap of the Dignitas game. We're going to look at some stats. What are they good for? Uh, we're going to talk about the wins this past weekend. Were they impressive? Should we be super jazzed about them? Or, you know, should we take them with a grain of salt? And then, of course, we will wrap things up by previewing week six, where we will be taking on 100 Thieves and Counterlogic Gaming. So, let's get into it. So TSM, say, spoiler, it all looks good for us. T- yeah, spoiler, uh, things things look good. Uh, well, some things look good. A couple things, I'm, <laughs> I'm a little like, oh, yikes, but, you know. You, you, you got optimistic knocks tonight. Yeah, oh, oh, we got, yeah, yeah. We got we're, we're gonna I'm going to hype them up, yeah. We got, we got Optinox and Pesatoes. That's what we got, so. Oh. All right, let's hit this draft. Uh, bans for TSM. They banned Tom Kench, which I don't feel like I've seen a lot of Afro-Moo Tom Kench lately. Um, then Gwen Karma, you are muted right now, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I was going to say lately, no, but, uh, early, early on in the season. Yes. Uh, okay. Okay. Fair enough. Gwen, very fair ban. And then Karma, I actually think Karma is a good ban just in general. Like, uh, I know Jat was saying this, uh, he said this on JLXP this morning, but like, Ezreal Karma is a just completely broken lane right now. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so I feel like banning the Karma is actually pretty good. Uh, and then we ban Rise, Hecarim, and Yumi. Yumi's an interesting one. Uh, you know, Maybe a little bit of something from Scrims, perhaps, uh, that we've seen. I think it has to do with the fact that we were going to let Zeri through. Yeah. And if you pair Zeri with Yumi, it is just a bad time yeah um which leads right into the next thing so they first pick the zeri right away right so it's like are so are we because like you know our our first three bands rise hecarim and then it's like okay are we gonna ban the zeri or the yumi and i feel like okay why would you not just ban the zeri in this case like why ban the yumi instead like do we feel like we have like we can handle Tacticals uh, Zeri. I almost called Tacticals Zoomy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of Zoomy, right? If you let the Yumi through. It's, it's just, it's Zoomer. Uh, I mean, that's basically, that, that, that's just the Zoomer lane right there. Uh, and then, yeah, so they first pick Zeri. We take Nautilus Lee Sin. Can't wait to And I about. think the, the, the Nautilus right there is the reason why we let the uh, Zeri yeah. through, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of a combination. You're playing the worst team in the league right now. So you're like, all right. We could, we could we could do a little a uh, little bit of uh, what's uh, what's limit testing. We could do a little limit bit of limit testing. testing. Sure. Yeah. So let's let the Zeri through, and theoretically, we've, like we've been strategizing the whole week, Nautilus should be good into this, right? 
And the reason why that is is because of how mobile Zeri is, but Nautilus has a point-and-click ultimate that allows him to just knock up that unit. And so you can lock down the Zeri pretty decently in lane and mm -hmm. possibly later on in the game if needed. Um, in my opinion, it didn't quite work out that way. Um, there were instances where it did work out and others where it didn't. I kind of want to see other teams play it to kind of get a better idea on it. But I think the logic is there. And it's sound, and I like the fact that we did it against a TSM team who is currently struggling because it was a good practice on stage to see how this matchup works. Yeah, totally. Uh, they get into the... They take the RE bait. Uh, so they, they take the RE bait. And then they go Rek'Sai, which is an interesting pick these days, and we respond with Syndra. Um, and let's... Why don't we why don't we speed run through the rest of the uh, draft and then we'll look at it as a whole. So then Okay, okay. They ban uh Aurelia Jinx and we ban Nar Alistair, so you know, a couple top laners. Uh they ban the Jinx away from Johnson. I think that's a fair ban by them. And then we ban the Alistair. Uh we take Aphelios, so probably, you know, the best uh response available. They go Leona Trindemir, and then boom. And this is what I really want to hit. This Gragas counterpick from Kumo. Uh, and they talked about this on the broadcast, but I'm going to hit it again. Great pick here, in my opinion. Yes, absolutely. The Gragas, and here's why. So if you if you don't understand the Gragas Trindamir and even the Gragas Rek'Sai stuff, Gragas basically denies Trindamir so much in lane and even denies uh Rek'Sai. well and i was gonna say denies trend in the team fights as well ah true yes and, and that's <laughs> There's a bunch of stuff it denies and he just denies gragas just denies trindamir uh the ability to do things like accessing the back line you know just you know singling out a target taking him down things like that and then yes also really denies the Rek'Sai as well. So I just really want to point out how good of a pick this Gragas is into both the Rek'Sai and the Trin. So it's like a two for it. Buy one, get one free counter picks. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that was really good. I mean, I don't know how you, I'm sure you feel similarly if you have any. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I mean, there's also the stat that I don't know if people who were listening in on the broadcast this past weekend, but Kumo is currently 4-0 when he has counterpick, right? Clearly, whenever he gets something he's comfortable on and he knows the matchup into, like, he does well. So, and it goes to show that if Sharks takes that into mind, because, uh, let's be honest, even Sharks himself admitted on our own tweet that it was a bit <laughs> of a coach diff last week. Um, if Sharks is keeping in mind, hey, let me get the counterpick for Kumo, it's all gravy. We're good. It's yeah. A, it's yeah. There's nothing to worry about. And so the Gragas was about as perfect of a counter pick, uh, an R five as you could get in this situation. Right. Um. I was just super super happy with the pick overall. Yeah. No, I was too. Uh. So this game got pretty spicy. Uh. Pretty quick. Uh. So we had a two for two fight at five minutes. Four man dive from TSM. Not really much. I felt like Johnson and Aphromoo could have done here. Uh, TSM brings everyone except top lane mm -hmm. uh, down to bot. 
And, and it wasn't like the dive last week where it's like they saw him on a ward or something. They were, right. I mean, you can probably have inference that they were on their way, but you're right. not sure, right? And so yeah. that one, it's more of a, it's it's fine, it's whatever. On top of the fact that they managed to make it last long enough that they got a one for one out of it and delayed their backing long enough that Takui could come down to get a two for two. So right. I was yeah. fairly happy with it overall. I think, yeah, giving up the second kill to them was a bit unfortunate, but I mean, to go even uh in that fight just generally is really good because i mean how many like imagine you're playing like t1 there right <laughs> like <laughs> i i you don't take ha- those <laughs> I, well i mean i i don't imagine t1 brings four men down to the bot lane and you know gives up a two for two uh i'm probably sure not that's, now that's a clean four-man dive and they get out easily and just snowball the game from there so we go for we snowballed drags snowballed dragons in this game so fast. Um, I'm not gonna I'm not skipping ahead through the whole game, but I just want to note like we get first drag at seven, uh, second drag basically on spawn around twelve, seventeen thirty we got third drag. Right around twenty three minutes, TSM started up drag to try and deny a soul. We stole it. Um, so big props to Jose, Jose. Yeah. First of all, but also just for the team for like, you know, really having so much dragon control in this game. Um, yeah, a couple, couple things. So yeah, first drag at seven game was kind of quiet for a while. Like the early game was after that four man dive, not a lot of other action going on. Um, and then we got a quick kill on Shen Yi around 12, which led to second drag. Spika goes up and to top lane and kills Kumo with uh, Huni. Mm-hmm. Which, that was a little unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I think you could have surmised that Spika was up top. I think part of it is also you have to keep in mind that Gragas has a lot of mobility, and I'm sure Kumo probably just thought he could outplay it. Yeah. Couldn't quite do it. Which makes sense. Yeah, it, yeah. I understand. It, it's not a super, like, come on kind of thing, but it's like, oh, God. Yeah. Damn. Okay, it's fine. Whatever. Yeah. That kind uh, of Four-man dive. Uh, we execute the four-man dive correctly, and we do not give up two kills for it. I believe we bo- we got both kills. We, we got um, both kills off of, honestly, kind of tactical inting it a little bit. He, yeah. he was out. He was right. out. And then he's like, I'll creep back in, see what I can do, and just immediately regretted it. Yeah. Uh, and then 15 minutes. We got to talk about this. The quadra kill for the Lee Sin. <gasps> Jose with the. It's qu- so clean. I mean, the only word I can use to describe this play is cracked. Just completely yeah. <laughs> cracked out of his mind. Uh, the hands were so clean. The pro view, if you guys have not gotten the chance to see the pro view for this, they put it on the broadcast, so just go around, like, 15 minutes, like, game time 15 minutes, the play happens, quadra kill, and then they'll run the replay, and they'll run the replay with Jose's pro view, and the way he's just, like, dancing around the river, literally just, like, bouncing around the river, getting these kills, uh, was just absolutely nutty, so really huge thing, and this, I felt like this was the moment where... It's not that the game was, like, 
like, ooh, okay, like, could go either way. But this really, I felt, started to solidify things for us a bit more. There were still some issues, and I do want to point some of them out uh, in a moment. Um, but I felt like things were doing really good. And ac actually, I'm going to get to something that I wanted to point out here. So, like, we're doing, we're getting these kills, right? We get the quad on the Lee Sin. We get third dragon around 1730. In the meantime, though, TSM took so many towers. I think I saw at one point they were up five to two in terms of towers. And this was actually keeping the gold Fairly rel even. relatively even, um, almost to a worrying extent. Uh, did you see the same thing? Um, I mean, I was watching it, but there I don't think there was ever a point where I was worried about it. Yeah. Um, because part of A, I haven't seen the level of coordination to let like Huni like truly split push. B, you had a Gragas that no matter what was going to match him if needed. Like, mm -hmm. and Trindamir is not going to be able to really be able to push down the towers with Gragas there. Granted, Gragas isn't going to be able to push him out either, but it's just kind of a stale stalemate in that sense. Yeah. Um, and C, just even if there was time where Huni was getting side lane pressure, the rest of the map never had any momentum. Uh, a lot of times, like, split-pushing uh, picks like Trinomir, like, you need to have a two-pronged attack. You need to have the sign lane being pushed by the Trinomir, and then you need to have the rest of your team being focused on some form of objective else elsewhere on the map, right? In which case, ne neither anywhere in that game were they synced. And so, if I started to see at any point that TSM was putting pressure on an objective while Huni was split-pushing, uh, maybe I would have started feeling a little bit nervous, but I just, I never saw that from TSM. So there wasn't really any point where I was like, okay, yeah, they got another tower. They got a little bit of injection of gold, but yeah, there was never pressure on us. We always had the momentum the entire game. So for me, I was like, it's fine. Let them take the tower. We're getting pressure here on the map. We're making moves here. It was all Gucci. Totally. Uh, yeah. I, and I think that's fair. Um, and I mean, of course, like Huni is running the Trindamir in this game, right? His entire objective is to just... I, he built Hullbreaker, right? And uh, first... Mm -hmm. So his entire objective is to be that split pusher, you know, hit those turrets, uh, take them down, things like that. So I get it. Um, it I'm not going to call it, like, a, a worrying trend for me, um, but it was still like, huh, that's interesting that we still even with all these kill advantages and getting drags and things like that, we still were letting them get a decent amount of towers. Yeah. Um, I honestly kind of think, and this is kind of what I was talking to you about our pregame show uh, or pre-show was <laughs> we are a team that likes to trade. Um, there's pretty much the only other game this season that I've really seen where we haven't been trading heavily was funnily enough, the other TSM game earlier on in the split where we just completely rolled them. Right. Yeah. Um, we thrive whenever we are playing the objectives that we want to play. Like, it's like, basically, we tell, we go into the game and we decide, hey, we're playing our game. We'll let them play their game. But the thing is, we're going to play ours better, and therefore we will win. So pretty much every all seven wins that we've had outside of the one TSM win where we just kind of rolled them anyway, we, we trade stuff all the time, we give stuff up, but it's because we are going for the objective that we want. And... I think part of it is the fact that because we are so steadfast focused on the thing that we want and other teams start to panic going, 
in like second guessing themselves like do we need to stop them do we just need to go what we want to go for like you'll see lots and lots of instances where we start slowly creeping the momentum back into our favor and i think that's a lot of, uh, that's something a lot of people should be looking for in our games in the coming weeks is just are we playing our game or are we starting to panic and playing the other team's game because as long as we're playing our game i actually have a lot of confidence in this team to do well in the next seven matches yeah totally agree I think when we're playing our game, we look strong. We look like we're communicating. There's so much of a difference between watching this team so far this spring and watching them last year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where I yeah. feel like where I watch a gank occur or I watch a team fight happen and I feel confident that somebody is driving the ship, you know? <laughs> I feel confident that the calls are being made in tandem, that communication is being had, that no one is, you know... I'm not... I don't want to say, th like, inting it, but, like, people are on the same page, I think, is, is the right yes. phrasing there. So when we're on like that, it's really, really good. Um... I think there, you know, I think there's some macro stuff to clean up. Like I think TSM did out macro us a couple times here and there in this game. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. Twenty three minutes TSM, so they're stuck. We have soul point, so they start up drag to deny soul, and it's really simple. <laughs> we kill Shenyi. Jose steals uh, soul. I think this was. Ocean Soul? Yes, thought, it was. Uh, Ocean Soul, so that's huge. A, for two reasons. Great, always, for your comp. And B, always great for Tree Quest, which is back, by the way. I don't think we even really talked about that on the show. <laughs> um, and we go straight over to Baron. Um, I stopped taking notes around here because I was like, yeah, game's kind of done. And then I was like, oh yeah, there's like some weird fights where we drop a couple people and then like have to, like we get literally to their Nexus turrets, take one down and then have to back away. Um, so uh, there were like a couple moments. I, I don't think there was ever a moment where I was like, ooh, TSM could come back here because I felt like we had pretty much solidified things up. Um... But still, it was a little concerning to be like, ooh, that's a little messy in closing this game out. Like, are we just being a little too hyphy here, trying to do too much? Because um, I feel like a better team would have really punished us harder. Because I'm, I'm thinking specifically about um, that fight that was in Jungle, where we end up losing two... I think it is like, and it's like a three versus three, uh, for a while until I think their bot lane dies and we lose a couple people as well. Yeah, uh, there was we lost... just kind of an awkward jungle fight that we had. Yeah, that yeah, we yeah. Lost two each. Yeah, and then I, I think we still got elder anyway, even though we didn't have a jungler. Um, and then we just kind of ended the game through mid and bot. Yeah, so, it, it's it's stuff like that that I'm talking about where it's like we just kind of go for the trade anyway and we don't always get it. 
it's kind of the one thing that makes do, that does make me nervous sometimes. It almost kind of reminds me of our academy team a little bit because they just they always want to go for the fight. And yeah. Sometimes it pays off and it makes you look really, really good. And then <laughs> there's other times where it just completely throws the game, right? As yeah. seen by our academy team multiple times throughout the split. Um, I think here, more often than not, like if we're flipping a coin 50-50, it's obviously not 50-50. We're setting these fights up pretty well in our favor a majority of the time. But we've been landing on heads probably 7 out of 10 times. So there's the occasional three where we hit tails and we lose that fight. It happens. But um, I, th- I think more often than not, it's not a true 50-50. We're giving ourselves like probably like a 60-40 advantage, 65-35 advantage, stuff like that. And that's kind of why we're winning these coin flip fights more often than not. But I'm sure eventually at some point uh, teams are going to start calling us on it and making sure we're not getting good setups anymore and making sure – that, hey, you're not going to have a 7-10 win-loss ratio on these killing flips anymore. You're going you're gonna to start pulling tails more often. I was going to say, like, okay, great. If you can get those fights now where you you flip it, but it's a 70-30 in your favor, um, that's great. But the law of averages states that eventually things will come due. And yep. we'll start losing some. So, like, it's great that we can win those fights now. But I want to see us be able to establish things like river control and middling priority for Dragon, for Baron, and things like this. Um, and for Harold early as well. Uh, without needing to kind of coin flip at times. Um but but yeah, still, you know, I, I think this was a pretty solid win. I think, um, and, and we'll get into this later, I think like certain pundits called this game close. I don't think this game was like really close per se. I don't I think like, it was that close. Like stats wise, if you look at like the post game thread on Reddit or whatever, you're like, oh, look at the numbers. That looks kind of close because it looks I mean, like they it, have towers. Yeah. They have some kills. If I mean, if you like really, if you only use stats to look at this game, it's like okay, fine, we only won, and when we won, we only were up, like, 3 or 4K uh, gold. Um, okay, sure. Not that big of a, you know, advantage, right? It, it This isn't Team Liquid with a 13K gold advantage at 23 minutes. So, you know, it's like, fine. But, hey, uh, it felt like we were still driving the game most of the time. I mean... At 23 minutes, TSM has to start up Ocean Soul to deny it from us, and we just walked in, took the fight, took the soul, took Baron. I would say that's a pretty, like, yeah, we were in the driver's seat for this game, so. Yeah, I think the only point in this game where we lost our momentum or lost brief control was at 2 for 2 in topside jungle. That was the only time yeah. we lost our momentum. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was never, like I said, was never worried about this game. There was not one point. No, same. All right. Uh, let's move forward then. So the Sunday Digna game. Toss. Digna toss. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I really want to I really want to point this out. Um, I think it was Freak doing the, uh, the cast on Sunday, right? Uh, with Jat. And Freak literally says, uh, Dig Barons have not been that much of a meme lately. Da 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 da. Oh, li- caster curse them. And then Come literally on, 20 freak. seconds later, 
we take a five for one fight <laughs> at Baron, where they started it up to try to, and it, to be fair, they start up Baron to try to force us to come there, which works, and then we win the fight. Uh, five for one, I believe, and it's just like, all right, thank you, freak. Uh, maybe next week you can say something like, uh, you know, 100 Thieves team fighting has been absolutely fantastic. And then we win, you know, like a crucial mid game team fight again where Abadake goes ham on the Corky and uh, Tukui just snipes him with a Vigar Q or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe something like that. That'd be pretty good. Uh, all right. So, draft, real quick. Draft. Uh, I will say, I think we lost this draft, actually. I, I think we hard lost this draft. There were several... There were a couple things that I really didn't like. I don't like the zillion at the end. Um, And I also... I mean, I it's less that we, like, lost the draft, and more like I felt the Malphite was just so good. Um, oh, it's it's a great counterpick. It's right. a great, great drafting from Dig, for sure. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. It was a really good pick from Dig. A lot of the other stuff, um, pretty standard. Letting River have the Jarvan. I saw that, and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> Did you see me put the Maka W in chat whenever uh, they let it It's just through? like, <laughs> are we really going to be the team that says... We're not afraid of Rivers Jarvin. What could that pick possibly do to us? And then it just runs us over. But this, okay, we'll get into the, the early game, but then the early game was just so weird from the jungling perspective. So Yeah. They, they uh, like flipped roles, basically, of yeah, what each it, champion's supposed to do. It was super weird. So, quick run through. We banned Kate Karma Thresh. Good bans, I think. They banned Zeri Gwen Lee Sin. Smart bans on their part. I mean, two bans that they kind of have to do, and then the Lee Sin's a good one against Jose. We first pick Hecarim. They go Jinx Tom Kench, so they lock up their bot lane. Uh, we respond with our bot lane in turn, Aphelios Nautilus. So Aphelios again for Johnson, and keep that Aphelios in mind, because, oh boy, does that thing do work. And then, yeah, the Jarvin comes through for River, and... It's like, okay, we've got Hecarim that's just going to power farm, and Jarvin's going to look for these early EQ ganks, you know, and, and do what Jarvin does. Mm -hmm. Sure, right? Totally. Supposedly. And, <laughs> and then, interestingly enough, we banned two top laners, and they banned two mid laners. So they banned uh, Ari, Oriana, and we banned Nargragas. And I, I actually like banning the top laners here because um fake god not known for being the strongest top laner in the lcs no uh i mean dignitas's game plans all season have basically been leave fake god on an island he plays weak side and they're gonna play through neo and biofrost um you know, River's just going to run around ganking mid and bot, and Fake God's just going to try to survive till mid-late and, you know, be an effective, you know, team fight presence. So I liked cutting out his options. I liked that a lot. Agreed. And then Dig follows up with an Ari ban, which... 
yeah, don't, then, I don't care. And then Oriana and then, also don't really care. Really care, yeah. Like I don't know. It, it's man. it's kind it's kind of weird. I think, in my opinion, I I, I can kind of see the Oriana a little bit because you can kind of support like a Trindamir going in. You, yeah. You're supporting the Hecarim going in a little bit. Yeah. But meh, whatever. <laughs> like I don't I don't get it. Yeah. So uh, we go Trindamir, and then they go Victor Malphite. And we go Zillion. And I think this is kind of the crux of the draft for me. Uh, I don't think you can really do anything. I like, I like the, I, in, on paper, I like the Trindamir pick. Um, it's just like, okay, we take Malphite. And it's like, oh, oh okay, well. And, and see, that's the other thing that's very and, telegraphed in our bands is we, we banned Naringragus, which yeah. are like two counters to Trindamir. So... Yeah. I, I, I even wrote it in the FlyQuest Discord. I was like, there, there's a Trendomir pick coming. Just wait. And sure enough, there it was. And it's like, okay. So it was very telegraphed on our end. But like at the same time, it's like we are securing a supposedly a good matchup for it, right? And yeah. Dig goes and calls us on the bluff and says, well, all right. You banned two great counters into the Trinomir. Here's <laughs> a bit of an off-metal one. And you know third. what? Fair, fair, yeah, fair play, honestly, right? Like that's how that. This is how pick and dry, pick and ban is supposed to work, I think. Yeah. Um. So props to dig on it, honestly. Um. Uh, the, the zillion though is still. I, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around the zillion. Yeah. A bit. Was, and you're gonna have to remind me. Was, this was played on uh twelve four correct. Yes, I think was uh, was Corky hit in this? Uh, no, Corky was not no. hit. Like, so why no Corky here? You know, um, it uh, it's because it's all auto attacks at that point. You're relying on auto attack Trinidad, oh, yeah, yeah. You're relying on auto attack Corky, auto attack Aphelios. So yeah. In which case, everyone at that point just builds tabbies, and you're having a grand old time, or steel plated boots, whatever it's called now. Sure. Uh, so I I understand the Corky. I actually think. This is an Azir pick right here. Oh, okay. I, I really think, because Azir goes well into Victor. It can handle the pick just fine. It's consistent AP DPS and can shred the Malphite if needed later on. Or yeah. any any possible tank pick that is picked. Um, so, yeah. At the same time, though, like I understand why the Zillion's pick is you want to pair it with the Hecarim and the Trindamir. You speed them both up and they just run to the team and it's like, oh god, what do we do to stop this? Right. But there's it's just much more no of a AP synergy. damage, though. Yeah, it's much more of a synergy pick than a, oh, we need AP damage. Because um, you even see at points where it's like, okay, the poke from the Zillion doesn't really exist. Um, mm -hmm. And Blue was able to, you know, do a lot of poke with the Victor. So there's that. All right, so let's talk about the game. Weird early game, as I alluded to. So Hecarim versus Jarvan. Here's what you should expect. In a normal game, Hecarim, power farming. Just remember Hecarim Udyr last year? Well, this is half of it. I'm uh, sure you'll never forget, Sandy, because you hate this meta. <laughs> I, I see glimpses of Hecarim Udyr matchups here and there, maybe like in Academy once in a while. I think there might have been one in LEC, and I just like, I legitimately, I turned the game off. It's like, <laughs> oh, Lord. It, there's nothing here for me to watch. 
Uh, at least it's not as prominent as it was last year. It it's just, not. It pops up occasionally, which it's not. for me is okay. I well, can deal it, with it occasionally I mean, popping up. Mainly because, like, uh, Chemtank is not as good as... Uh, it's not gigabusted. Yeah, it's not gigabusted anymore. Um, so you can't just, like, rush Chemtank on your power farming jungler and call it a day and be like, all right, well, I did my jungling part. Um, <laughs> so the Jarvan does a lot of farming, but... It, I think it's not so much that the Jarvan, like, power farmed as much as it is that Jose on the Hecarim does a lot of, like, weird ganks. Yeah. He... So, yeah. I, I forget if he was... I think he was th- level... Three? He was level three. He was level three. I think he, he was level, level three four for that first gank, uh, and he comes mid... And uh, Zillion does not get the, you know, bomb, bomb stuns, yeah. right, because I, I don't think the cooldown was there yet. Um, you know, I don't know if that's, like, inexperience with how Zillion works. Bjergsen makes the Zillion pick look, like, just so good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, so I, that. I was going to say, to give a little context, though, the, the reason why... Jose is even ganking at all on a champion that should theoretically be farming is because Dig goes for a level one on our bot side red buff, right? And it's actually kind of smart if you think about it because Hecarim is a farming champ, so clearly he wants to get all his buffs, he wants to do a full clear, he wants to back reset, get some items going, and then maybe farm a little more, and then kind of look to see what he can play around the map, right? Typically, like, that is, in most right. occasions, the optimal way of playing Hecarim. Sure. Um, and so Dig's like... No, we're not going to allow this. And so they come in, they invade the red buff, they take it away from him. I think River even takes his raptors at that point, forces Hecarim to delay his uh, jungle start by moving to the top side. He clears his three camps, he hits level three, and it's like, okay, you have options here. Do you try and see if they cross-mapped? Because I don't remember if River was spotted or not cross-mapping to make sure he took his own red to make sure uh, Hecarim couldn't do a cross-map play. Or do you try and head back to the bot side, see what was left for you, which probably not the highest percentage play ever, right? Uh, more oftentimes than not, it's just going to set you behind. Or C, do you go for ganks? And this is the high-risk play, but it's also the kind of medium reward. So you go in, you get a gank off, and you get a kill. You get your lane ahead, and you're kind of back in the game at that point, right? So Jose makes the tough decision of, like, I'm going for the high-risk play. And he goes for the gank mid, he burns Ghost, and it doesn't happen. And it's like, oh, no. Like, <laughs> you're, like, panicking a little bit, like, oh, this is so bad. This is going perfectly, like, Dig's Alley. Right, right, so right. So he, he, he goes back in the jungle. He, I think he gets, like, a scuttled crab, and he's still, like, he's still level three, right? And he heads back topside, and he gets that, uh, I think he gets that scuttle as well, and he's, like, right at the level three, level four mark. And he goes up topside, he gets a gank onto uh, to Fate God, doesn't get anything out of it really, and you're like, oh man, this is so bad. He resets, he backs, he clears some more farm, and then again, and this is kind of on Fate God and kind of the Dignitas team, you have to kind of be thinking about it, like, all right, what's Jose Diodo going to be doing? Is he going to be trying to farm? And in one sense, you think, okay, he's so far behind. He's got to get, he's got to get the farm that he ha- has popping back up in the jungle now. Because otherwise, if he doesn't, he's just screwed. And Jose, once again, the high-risk, almost kind of low-reward play at this point. But if he gets it, it pays off. He goes for the gank topside, and he gets it. 
he mm-hmm. gets back in the game this way, and it's like holy crap. Um, like, don't get me wrong. Like, if that if that play doesn't pan out, like this game's over. And, like, Dig just wins it, right? And everyone's flaming the crap out of Jose. Like, what are you doing? Why are you ganking? Why are you not farming? So on. He goes for it. He gets it. He pays off. And I have to give credit where credit's due. That takes a lot of balls to go make that call on a yeah. champion like Hecarim. And so. Right. Because I, I saw people like, oh, man, Jose didn't really have a good game this game. It's like, no. Like, he was put into a very tough position, and he kept going for it until he finally got it, and it paid off. Like, y'all need to put some respect on Jose for making this call <laughs> because it it's the reason why FlyQuest stayed in the game and ended up winning. Because if they don't get that gank off, Jose is so far behind, and he's not able to do anything on the rest of the map, and the momentum's just not there whatsoever. And Jarvan could just have a field day around the rest of the map, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. what ends up happening is Jarvan ends up farming, and then he's just not all that useful, and it is what it is. But I, I think, honestly, Jose played from behind beautifully this game, and he made it work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I thought... Um the way the team kind of bounced back from being in a bad position. So you had a couple things. You had a couple things weird. Now, to be fair, Kumo does get first blood uh, at four minutes. So that's great, right? Um, but you have a couple things. So, yeah, Hecarim burns that ghost early. I don't think Blue even, like, burns his flash or anything. So that's weird. Uh, there was, like, the whole thing. Uh, bot lane where Neo and Biofrost had, like, a really nice advantage uh, just at the outset. And, yeah, I, I was really pleased to see us not, um, you know, crumble under, like, oh, they've got early game advantages, you know, and just, you know, keep taking it to them and finding good fights. And that was the thing I really wanted to focus on for this game, or, like, what I wanted to point out was, like, we took uh, good fights, Yes. Um, so there's a fight right before the 12th minute mark where we get a two for one. Um, I think that that's in mid lane where Blue kind of gets baited, where he's like, oh, and he sees an easy kill on Tukui, right? And then Tukui just reses himself with a zillion ult. And then by the time he reses himself, Jose is there. And Afro's there. Like, Aphromu is kind of like trundling, not trundling, nautilusing in behind uh, <laughs> to make a League of Legends pun there. Um, and I think, yeah, Blue goes down and Biofrost uh, goes down as well. And I think Afro does die, but it ends up being a two for one um, in that fight. And it's a nice turn from us. Uh, and then I will say bad fight at 15 minutes where we did smite the Herald away. And then just literally unlucky where... Oh, it, he was so close. It times out right before uh, Jose can get it. Now, first of all, I, I just really want to point out here. How dumb of it. Just like bad play was it from Dignitas to not be guarding it there. If yeah. Jose is literally a half second earlier, he gets that herald for free. That, that how are, do you, are, are how Dignitas do you not... so gigabrain that they timed it to, like, the millisecond? Sure, sure. Not that I think that's that. That's Being what it absolutely, is, but... <laughs> like, galaxy universe-brained, uh, you know, Giga Chad Dignitas doesn't need to guard the Rift Herald uh, mark 
because they just know it'll expire. Uh, that's sure we can just go with that. <laughs> uh, we get another two for one at sixteen thirty. That gets us our first drag, so we start evening that up. Kumo had a great flank here. Um, Johnson did a ton of work. I think this this one was in Botside River. So Kumo kind of. So if I'm uh, okay, Kumo I, I crosses over. Kumo kind of comes up from down here, and uh, we're all fighting up here. They get kind of caught up in that chokehold, um, you know, entering from red side into bottom river. And Johnson does a lot of work, a lot of good AoE damage. The zillion bombs actually do work here. Uh, Hecarim does some work as well. Uh, so that's a nice fight. So, um, uh, re- real quick, I, I do want to bring this up really quick, but... Part of the reason Johnson looked so good this game because mm-hmm. he had I think three team fights where he just got to free fire the whole whole time yeah. right like yeah, yeah, yeah. no pressure on him. Um, that kind of comes down to fake God a little bit, and so I I was kind of I had Mark Z on in the background while I was working today, wasn't able to really watch, but I was kind of listening just what he was saying, and he's like just fake God was not positioning correctly, mm. and so. You got two schools of thought, right? You have this Trendemir who's going for a flank onto the Dignitas team, and you have a Malphite who counters him perfectly. He ease him. It's like his attack speed is reduced. He can't really go through the Malphite all that well. He's even built to just only solo the Malphite in the side lanes. He's not really built for team fighting because he doesn't have a Gale Force. He can't really leap onto the carries all that well. Um, and so it's like, what should you be guarding? Should you be guarding the Trinomir, or should you be putting pressure onto the front lane of, or the back line of FlyQuest and Takui and Johnson? Right. And basically, he was kind of saying the whole time, he's like, you have a Trinomir who's not built for team fighting. Why are you marking the Trinomir? You have two backline carries who are well within flash ult range as a Malphite, standing next to each other so you can get both at the same time, and he's taking the time to just guard one singular Trinomir that... Biofrost can handle by himself. Yeah. So, and apparently this happened multiple times throughout this game. And so, not to take anything away from Johnson, because he he played the team fights beautifully, but from my understanding, Fake God was not putting pressure on him when he should have been. So, yeah. just for for everyone to have the full picture. Like, praise or yeah. praise is due, but like also, don't give too much praise, because at the same time, Johnson had a fairly easy game. Yeah, uh, he he did, and I. What you said about his positioning there was really key for me in a lot of these fights, where he positioned himself well, he got himself out of trouble, um, he just didn't let himself go down, um, mm-hmm. and that was just you know key because I mean he is just supposed to pump out that damage, um, you know, on the Cephalios pick, which against Diggs team comp, like you're not supposed to be able to. Right. <laughs> like at all. And the fact that he was right. able to is like a huge blunder from Dig. Yeah. Uh one thing I want to talk about is so like we ended up getting second drag at around twenty two minutes. I think it was just for free pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um but how key was it that we get uh the third and fourth drag, right? So we get so it's two for two at that point in terms of drags. Um and because if we're just kind of like letting them, okay, if we just let them go to Soul Point, right, and then we got to fight for Soul Point, you know, flip it, do whatever, you know, we basically have to do what TSM had to try on Saturday, 
which was, oh, you know, we can't let them get soul, so now we gotta try to deny them soul for, you know, four street dragons. Um, no, we just end up taking two ourselves, and now it's two to two. Um, and then the next fight is, you know, okay, who's gonna get soul point first? And at that point, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's 28 minutes into the game, um, and that's when things like Baron are starting to get on the table. And actually, it ended up being the case that Hextech soul in this game did not even matter because I think the game ended before Soul was even claimed. Um, yeah, there, there was about a minute left on the uh, Soul timer before uh, yeah. when that Baron fight happened. Yeah. So, yeah, 28 minutes, smite fight. Jose Hecarim's in, for lack of a better verb there. And uh, that he, fight he, he is... Horse he's on in. He, he, <laughs> he, uh, he, he kicks the stirrups uh, on... And uh, der- takes the reins, uh, if you will. Um, <laughs> God, <you're> so dumb. <laughs> uh, and this fight is weird because this fight ends up going three for three, and the Malphite is just straight up unkillable. Um, he literally walk. Fake God literally walks down Johnson on with this Malphite and just like smashes him. Yeah. Um, and Aphelios cannot do absolutely anything to him. Um, so it's a weird fight, but we still win it because, oh, you know, at the time we're like, oh, hey, we still got, it's a three for three, but now we're on soul point. So that's good. We'll take that. Um, and then from here, Dig makes what I would say is a very, not a very questionable, but it's like, it's an interesting call with focus, with emphasis on the int part of the interesting uh, call to go and force Baron. And it's not like they had a particularly fast Baron take um, because really the only like they've only got like the Jinx and kind of the Victor uh, to try to rush this thing down. You know, Jarvin's not going to be dealing a ton of damage. Malphite's not going to be dealing a ton of damage. Um, so they force this Baron, Kumo, this is at like 31 minutes, basically, Kumo Mm. blast plants over for a flank, Afro hits a clutch Nautilus hook, um, and as I, I basically have, I have my notes here, River gets queued, Johnson has crazy good hands, GG. Um, <laughs> I think it's a little bit more complicated than that. Um, but I, I, I thought this fight was pretty fascinating, and I watched it like 10 times at like 0.75 times speed just so I could see everything that was going on in it. Was there anything in this final fight that really stood out to you? So, to give some context, um, part of the reason why, like, I don't think Diggs actually trying to burn the Baron. I think they know that they can't take it. But right, if you're looking for the team fight. Yeah, they're looking. They're looking for the team fight. Like theoretically, they have the better team fight comp, and I I think they do. Part of the problem is I don't know what the hell River's doing in the river, so to speak. Right? Um, he just gets kind of caught out by Afro. It's just like, what are you doing? And he gets pretty much nuked down almost immediately, and then the piece de resistance. Is fake God coming in and solo ulting the Nautilus? Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. why are you solo ulting the support? Like, yeah. 
I guarantee you that Nautilus was pretty much dead no matter what at that point because everyone else was already converging onto him and basically River had already blown his whole combo onto him as well. And so it just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense as to why everything, both from River and Fake God's perspective, they just burned everything onto this one Nautilus support. And at that point, all the cooldowns are up for us. We're like, we lost our support, but we're all fully healthy, and you've burned all your cooldowns, and now we just win the fight. Like, there's there's nothing zoning the John- Johnson anymore. He gets to free hit once again. He shreds through the Malphite. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Just, this fight was more than anything, like, I think the setup was even better for Dig if it wasn't for River getting caught out and then them burning cooldowns on just some random support. Like, it just, it doesn't make sense. Dig played the fight so horribly bad. I, I, there's nothing redeeming about it for them, right? Yeah. And then on our end, I mean, we play it well enough. Afro's great. He gets, he gets the catch. Johnson's in the background just shredding. Uh, Takui's zoning with bombs and ults, and then Kumo's coming back from the backside going, like, you better run for me. I'm going (laughs) to get you. So, yeah, yeah, it's just really, 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 really bad play. Right right call, but really bad play from Dignitas, and then we just played it well. Right, we capitalize on the bad play, which I think is a mark in our favor. Absolutely, Uh, yeah. If you're able to capitalize on your opponent's mistakes and turn them to your advantages, that is a good sign that you're A, able to recognize when your opponents are having problems and taking advantage of that and exploiting it. That is team play. That is basically saying, what are they doing? We can just take this and win and going for it. Um, so that's really good to see. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, my special shout-out here is is just Johnson on... Uh, on the Aphelios, that final fight basically like has like a short little 1v1 with Blue as well, where Blue kind of flashes over. Flashes over, misses the laser uh, with Victor, and but it's like super close. It's very, yeah. It's, it's very close. super close, uh, and Johnson just has great positioning and really just trusts in his hands and takes him out, and that, base, you know, it, game's pretty much over from there. Yeah, it is over from there. Yeah. All right, that is the week five recap. Now we're going to transition into a different little segment called Stats. What are they good for? Uh, so here we are. We're 11 games into the season. Uh, and, Knox, I'm going to I'm gonna ask for you. I didn't tell you I was going to be doing this. Oh, but if okay. you have Oracle's <laughs> Elixir, if you have Oracle's Elixir open, uh, I'm going to need you to close it right now. Oh, okay, um, well, closing all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little little bit of a quiz time here. Oh boy! <laughs> uh, and don't worry, these questions are gonna be easy. Uh, well, uh, maybe some of them, not all of them. Uh, I want you to name the team uh, that has the longest average game time in the LCS right now. Longest average game time. I I promise oh. it's a very easy answer. I want to say it's us. It is us. We okay, have the yeah. longest average game time. Uh, 35 and a half uh, for average. Next is, um, I mean, Dig, CLG, and EG are kind of also in that 35 range. And then you've got, on the opposite end of the spectrum, Cloud9 at like 31.8. Um, 
Golden Guardians. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Uh, so we, yeah, we've got the longest average games. Uh, early game rating. What? Where would you say our early game rating is? And you know, I mean, it on it's like on a thirty-five to like seventy scale, something like that. So. Yeah, you got a decent range. Where do you feel like our early game rating is at? I, I'm gonna just uh, in in terms of in rel- in comparison to other teams, I'm gonna say we're probably like seventh or eighth. I think early game rating wise. Yeah, we're currently seventh, so our early game okay. rating is forty-seven point five. So that's basically you know early game rating is and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's basically. You know, at a given point in the game, I think Tim's still doing it, like, at 15 minutes or something like that right now. Um, yeah, it's, like, 15 or 14 minutes. Yeah, f- yeah, 15, 14 minutes. FlyQuest can, you know, is expected to win 47.5% of the time. Um, so 40, 48% of the time we are expected to win, uh, which is, you know, that's pretty close to 50. It's not bad, but it's also not great. I mean, especially when you look at, like, C9 and Team Liquid, who have EGRs of 62. So they're smurfing straight from the start. Um, however, here's the cool thing. Is that the early game is not the whole picture of a League of Legends match. You, you could say it's only the early game picture. It's only the early game picture. <laughs> Guess who has the third highest mid-late rating in the LCS so far? Hmm. Would it happen to be the third current best team in the LCS? It would happen Us. to be uh, FlyQuest, uh, Team Look Snickers themselves. Uh, and I, I really want to point out this stat in particular. Because this really highlights to me some of the strengths of the team. Team Liquid and Cloud9 right around the same ballpark at around like 19.5 to 20 for their mid-late rating. FlyQuest, holding a mid-late rating of 16. The next closest, fourth place, is 100 Thieves, with a mid-late rating of 2. Holy! Are you kidding? That drop-off is insane. And then after 100 Thieves, you start going into the negatives. And it's Immortals in 5th with negative 3. So there's only 4 teams who have a positive win percentage chance in the mid game in the yep. LCS right now. And it's TL, C9, <laughs> FlyQuest, and 100 Thieves. And 100 Thieves isn't even close to FlyQuest. Wow. So literally the three best mid-late teams right now are us, Team Liquid, and Cloud9. That's actually insane. That's an insane that, stat line. That is an insane stat line. So basically... Like, we're around, like, the 50-50 mark for for early game, and then we just smurf mid-late anyway. Hmm, okay, so... Nutty. My my takeaway from that is... Oh, go ahead. Well, and I want to point out one other thing. Uh, In our wins, our early game rating is uh, uh, 60, right? So... Now, that is very low compared to the rest of the league. Um, other teams, when they win, uh, are much more dominant uh, early. However, when we win, our mid-late rating is back to the top half of the league. 
Uh, yeah. Um, so it's not like our early game is anything to write home about. Um, but it's, it's not like terrible. Well, it's I, not it's, terrible, yeah. but it's not amazing. Yeah. But again, this mid late rating is outstanding and just really, really, really good to see. So my my takeaway from that is, and this is this kind of answers the reason why we have the highest average game time out of anyone, is because we have a bigger deficit starting from the early game into the mid game, um, which sucks. Uh, hopefully that's something we continue to see the guys shore up over the next couple weeks. But at the same time, I think it's something that needs to be commended because we are making. We are closing gaps better than any other team in the LCS right now. Um, like, you don't see Team Liquid getting that kind of practice. You don't see Cloud9 getting that kind of practice. Uh, I think 100 Thieves has had opportunities to get that kind of practice, but hasn't been able to do it. Um, we are consistently closing these gaps that we're letting slip away from us in the early game by catching up in the middle game, or the mid game. Yeah. So, if anything... I think that means we are a very scary team to play because if at any point you mess up your early game and and or we start having good early games, you're not going to be able to handle us. Yeah. Like and we're going to be a we'll go from we'll go from being in a good team to a great team possibly even an elite team. So I I'd, I'd love to see in the coming weeks especially with 100 Thieves and uh CLG coming up this weekend that we really go hard in the early game because I think we get an early lead, you'll you'll get replications of that first TSM game that we had. Uh yeah. And I will note uh uh Nitol in chat did make a great point just now. Uh I'd love to know our game stats for just our games played standard. Uh let me see if I can kinda I think it's like if you we start did do, did did when did we do our was our only smite top games in purely the first week purely the first week, week one all right so let me let me change things up there a little bit um how do things change uh early game rating is still pretty rough forty three it actually gets worse but mid late rating we're still uh way up there um so basically you could say Weeks two through five, so the last four weeks, that would be nine games. Um, if you're, you know, discounting the Smite top games that we played. Um, early game rating is 43, but we are still top three in terms of mid-late rating. Um, so that's really, so, you know. Uh, so early game, I think, has just been a consistent issue all season, even with the Smite top games. One more... One more thing I want to talk about just in terms of our uh, early game that I think we might, you know, it might have something to do with the, uh, bleh. What am I talking about? Smite top, but also not really, is a stat first tower, first to three towers, and turret plates uh, destroyed per game. We are bottom of the table in all of those. Uh, at it's like eighteen percent for first tower and first to three towers, uh, if you include the week one games, uh, and twenty two percent for both first tower and first to three towers, 
and we're getting and we're just like straight up bottom of the table in terms of uh, turret plates per game. So if there's a and we are we're also very low on herald percentage, which probably contributes to that a lot. We're literally last in the league uh, in herald control. So I think if there are um, well herald control, so many disclaimers. Herald control in any <laughs> game except for Smite Top, but still like eighth place for herald control all season long. So all that to say, if there's a place that we really want to look in terms of getting our early game on track, it is securing Herald, getting turret plates, and getting early towers. I think would be great places to start in terms of securing a more solid early game. How do you feel about that? Uh, no, I, as a starting block, absolutely. Um, Herald is just a great tool in general to use to help advance momentum on the map because like drake's right is more of just like a late game it's like a late game security package like it's your it's your uh security deposit like i'll get this back later right um yeah herald is just a great tool to help us advance momentum both in sense of economy as well as map presence and in terms of just general strength so yeah, if we want to help shore up our early game a little more, by all means, I would say have a little more presence on the Rift Herald. Helps us get more turret plates, helps us get more gold in our pockets in terms... And then and allows us to help push easier, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. As a starting block, Rift Herald is the way to go. Yeah. Totally. Cool. All right, last topic before we hit uh, the Week 6 preview real quick. Uh, so we had two wins... Um, one against TSM, who is, I think they're 2-9 and nine now. Um, and Golden Guardians, who I believe is now, not Golden Guardians, Dignitas, uh, who is now 5-6. and six. Dignitas, though, I want to note, um, pretty average to meh stats-wise. Like, they're pretty, like, middle of the table, um... So, so I, I just want I just want to talk about how like are are these impressive wins? Should we be walking away from this weekend and saying like, yeah, we look so good, we smurfed on TSM, we stomped Dig, you know, and like should we be talking like that, or do you feel like we should be saying, all right, we expected to beat TSM, it was a pretty solid win from us. The dig game was kind of close at times. It probably could have gone either way, um, you know, at some points, you know, or is it, you know, somewhere, somewhere else? It's somewhere in the middle on one of the two extremes. I mean, how do you feel about like these wins just in general? Um, the, the TSM game, like I'm, I'm very happy with, I don't have any, oh, I should say any, I don't have that many qualms about how the TSM game panned out. I think it's actually a very solid win. We should be very happy with it. Um, on top of the fact that we're now six and two against them in the past year and a half, I love being able to rep that. That's great. Keep that up. Um, and yeah, the Dignitas game is a little bit different, right? In the sense that it was a far closer game. However, I also still do think it's an impressive win because Dignitas came in with a game plan, initiated it at level one, intended to set us back, and then we still clawed our way back into it. Like, we were not giving up. So, 
I think it is a very respectable win because I don't think Diggs all that much of a pushover team, especially given the team comp that was handed to them. Uh, right. We with the team dynamics going up against each other that match, we are not supposed to win that game like at all. Right. Like that that is a I wouldn't say hard drafted, but it's a pretty hard drafted, right? Um, and we 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 clutched it out, we pulled it out, and so for me, the fact that we're able to do that means it is absolutely a respectable win. And coming into future games, if we don't give away drafts like that, we're more than good enough to handle all the other teams outside of maybe TL and Cloud9 right now. And even then, I think if we get proper drafts and we're not playing like we did last weekend, um, <laughs> we can still give them a run for their money. So yeah. overall, these these are good wins, the respectable wins. Are they wins to write home about? No. But at the end of the day, a win's a win. Yeah, totally. Uh, and I, I'll also say, um, I do feel like this TSM team, this might be controversial or weird to say, I think they looked better with TakeOver than they have a lot of games with Kaiduo. <laughs> I, uh, I don't think they, I don't think TakeOver is like better. It's weird. It's hard to say like if TakeOver or Kaiduo are like, you know, who's the better player, but I just felt like they had a little bit more going on this weekend. I, I think the mid-jungle synergy between the two of those players was far higher than Speakers had with Kaiduo. Um, yeah. I, I honestly kind of what killed them, I think, was the Ari and Rek'Sai picks. I, yeah. I still don't think Ari's good. And, I'll and, continue saying that for the rest of my league yeah. career. And then... And the- the, and, yeah, the, and the, yeah. the Gragas. Yeah, the Gragas, too. We got to do the weekly Ari uh, update. Uh, hang on. We got to we gotta hit Games of Legends, and we got to check on the Ari win rates across the world uh, just to see. What, what was it, it at? Like oh, 50%? no. All right, it was at exactly 50%. All right. All right. So it's... Uh, Is this going to hurt my narrative, Sandy? It, it might. So no, it's no, no. Got we, we don't need to do it. <laughs> 139 wins in, I think, literally every region. I can cut this down to the top four if you want. 139 uh, wins. 138 losses. Now, there was one game, apparently, where it was picked in the top lane and it won. So technically, it still has a 50% win rate exactly uh, in the mid lane uh let me let me run it with only uh the top top, four yeah top leagues ah in the top leagues things change drastically and this is important i think 22 and 37 a 37 percent win rate across lck lcs lec lpl uh and I yeah. think I remember reading somewhere that in LCK, LCK is the only region where it has a positive win-loss ratio, correct? Uh, it's it's not even there. It's a 48% win rate. Oh, okay. Uh, so th- this, granted, I checked this like a week ago, so clearly it's yeah, yeah, changed. Yeah. yeah. It has, uh, it's 0 for 4 in LEC, uh, 30% win rate in LPL, 40% in LCS, and yeah, 48% Why are teams LCK. picking this champion? I do not get it. <laughs> your your hate for Ari is like my hate for Hecarim Udir. <laughs> like, it's just, yeah, like, I mean, I, I get yours from a perspective of, like, it's just not fun to watch. Like, Ari's yeah, yeah, actually yeah. fun to watch. I like Ari watching is fun Ari. To watch. 
But if you it is a me, terrible pick. If you gave me like a Champions Q stream and it was like, hey, this guy's going to play Ari. I'm like, oh, that actually sounds kind of interesting. Like in a solo queue context where like the Ari's going to pop off. Okay, that actually sounds kind of cool to watch. Yeah. But in this pro scene, it's just like, mm, you know, not really. It's just not proven itself to me yet. So. And so I, I, I guarantee you. Out of the, what'd you say, 23 wins that this champion has in the major it, regions? 20, 22 wins. 22 out of wins. 59 games, so. Uh, I guarantee you, out of the 22 wins, out of the 59 games that it's been played, there has been probably only one game where the Ari was the reason that that team won. Hmm. One game. Granted, I'm not going to see here combing through all 22 games to make sure of that, but. If someone else wants to do the work, by all means. And if they want to show me wrong, by all means. But I guarantee you there's looking, only been uh, one out of the 22 that the Ari is the reason for winning. Uh, I'm looking at the list of like who's been playing this. Uh, and it's just a long list. I'm seeing names like, like Abadage, Forge. Scout has played a couple games and looks like he's lost. He's like one and two. Uh, Showmaker lost a game on the Ari. Faker won has won two games uh, on Ari, so I uh, yeah I'm not still not convinced about. Uh... <laughs> I think they play Ari because they got tired of playing Victor Corky. I mean, fair. I think I also would get tired of playing Victor Corky. So, um... I keep I keep muting myself. Uh, I was going to actually reply to Silly Shadow real quick because they ask, what do yeah. you think about the idea that Ari is picked because it's hard to look like the reason your team lost on it? Uh, I'm going to say I wouldn't be picking a champ to look like you're not the problem on the team. Yeah, I think I think he, at that point you just need to be picking a champ that uh, actually is going to win you the game. Yeah, uh, don't pick a don't pick a champ that's not going to lose the game. Pick a champ that's going to win you the game. I you know I think. I what what frustrates me a lot, both in draft and when teams play, is when they play or draft to not lose, right? And like this was a problem that you would see with NA at Worlds a lot, where like they would be like going up against some LCK powerhouse and be like, okay, we just need to like not lose, and then like they would lose because they would just play passively and not like actually go for anything. Um, so, stop playing to not lose, you know? Just, like, go for it. Grow up. Play a play a champ that wins, and uh, and just do it. Anyway, that's my little rant there. All right. Oh, I was going to say, we can, we can hop off the Ari tangent. Uh, we got we got the Ari head out for the week. We'll yeah, be back yeah, next we week. got the Ari head out of the way. Uh, let's hit these, if I can pull up the, uh, pull up the rankings. I don't know where the... Uh, Where'd it go? For LCS. Boop. Don't want that. Uh, no, my, uh... Oh, don't want that. <laughs> Alright, hang on. I gotta, like... I gotta delete this thing. I lost my, uh, rankings, uh, source. That's annoying. It, in, in the meantime, uh... I, I'll do my academy spiel real fast. Yeah, While please do. Um... So, FlyQuest Academy, still ninth place, went 2-2 two and two last weekend against TSM Academy and Dignitas Academy, 1-1 uh, one one each. Um, 
the, I, I think we're starting to hit the improvement wall a little bit. Um, mm. Keep in mind, though, at this point, we're consistently taking games off a majority of the league outside of, like, Cloud9 Academy and TL Academy. So, and those, in my opinion, are, like, the two best teams in the league, along with, like, CLG Academy, who we did take a game off of. Um, so, I think more than anything, we kind of just... Now we're reaching the wall and we're struggling a little bit, which is fine. Now I'm curious to see what the team can do to help uh, the guys kind of get back on the improvement track again a little more and like being yeah. just continuing to like grow, right? And so hopefully, and then because we're coming up on the last week of Academy and it's super weak because it's the last week and it is a rough strength of schedule for us. Uh, we're playing. Uh, hold on, I had it pulled up real quick. Um, second, third, and sixth. We're playing 100 Academy, I remember. Cloud9 Academy. And... Da, 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 and... CLG Academy. Yeah, CLG, 100 Academy, and Cloud9 Academy next week. Um, that's going to be a rough, rough weekend for us, so I wouldn't be surprised if we have a negative win-loss ratio for the team. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if we end up finishing ninth in the split, which uh, not great, not great, not not great. But at the same time, we we started rough, right? The first two weeks, like we were like one in five, but then after that, we started going like one one repeatedly over and over again. Right. Um. So it is what it is. I, I I'm curious to see how we do come summer because I think we've leveled out a little bit and we actually can contest most of the le- uh, teams in the Academy league more than anything. What I'm very excited to talk about though, again is proving grounds is coming back soon. Woo. So, uh, there I, I, I posted it in our discord. So if you want to come to our discord, this is a little plug. Um, I actually got to, well, I didn't get the leak. I kind of leaked the schedule for proving grounds it's not publicly out yet but if you would like to see it come come join the discord um there's going to be an official announcement on march 14th from riot about it um and you can get all the info then but if you would like a little early sneak peek you can see exactly what the schedule looks like what the bracket looks like and kind of what our expectations of who we should be facing look like um and you can check all that out in the flight check discord and if you are from the Proving Grounds admin team, you did not hear the last 45 seconds. Yeah, you heard nothing. You, <laughs> you heard can't prove absolutely, it. Absolutely. You heard absolutely nothing, and you can't prove it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to brush back up on my amateur and academy uh, knowledge. To the, the, the joys of refing Proving Grounds open qualifiers is I'm very up-to-date on most of the teams. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Imagine having that kind of free time. All right, uh, week <laughs> six... Uh, uh, week six touché, preview. Touché. Week six preview. Uh, all right, I'm gonna fill in Curly's picks for him because I know exa- I am ninety hundred ninety thousand percent sure I know exactly what he's gonna say. Uh, FlyQuest over one hundred thieves and FlyQuest over CLG. I think I'm locking it in for him. I think that's pretty cut and dry. He has known. Uh, I was I was about to say hatred, but that's too strong. That's way too strong of a word. He has known animosity with uh with hundred thieves uh and so (laughs) i think um i think it's pretty clear uh how he feels will do over there 
I'm going to take a different tack. I think this is a 1-1 week for us. I think 100 Thieves uh, gets the dub. And I think we beat CLG. Uh, so that's where I'm leaning. So I'm feeling like it's going to be a 8-5 uh, and five record at the end of week 6. Still very good at the end of week 6. If you told me at the start of the season, hey, you'll be 8-5 and five with uh, 5 games to go, I feel like, oh... <laughs> Yes, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I'll, I'll we, we, we already beat our record from spring at this point. Yeah. Of, of 2021. So I'm yeah. <laughs> I'm still happy as it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We're over halfway to matching our wins total from last year. So. <laughs> uh, well, I guess if you're knocking both out, I guess I have to knock both out at this point. Um, yeah. 100 D, I, I said at the beginning of the show, Optimistic Knox is here. I'm going to go the 2-0. Okay. So, Dang. part of the reason why is I don't trust 100 Thieves right now at all. Um, Interesting. Elaborate, please. <laughs> they, they've been highly, highly inconsistent in their plays. Um, mm -hmm. I also think that their bot lane has not been all that impressive lately. Like they've been, uh, yeah. they're not they're not bottom of the pack by any stretch of the imagination, but they're no longer the number one bot lane in the LCS. I think they've been very middle of the pack, and then couple that with Abadake just not being anywhere nearly as impressive. That this match on Saturday versus Hundred Thieves is really going to come down to someday in closer versus Jose Diodo and Kumo, in which case, if uh, actually, do you know if we're red side or blue side? Hold on, I mean, I assume I it's, it it's the it opposite of what we were last time, right? We uh, we are blue side for both games. For both for both games. Um, so this is where I get nervous a little bit, right? We are okay. four and zero with Kumo getting counterpick, right? It's going. It, it gets it gets very up in the air, right? Because yeah. if Hundred Thieves is smart, they probably counterpick Kumo, because that's typically where we start having our losses, and that's where our ability to have Kumo be on something that can actually have agency in the game comes from. But at the same time, then you're having a game where Closer is focusing topside, and someday is having to be the carry, which can work for them, right? It's mm -hmm. been shown that they can do it. But the consistency in which they do it is not there. Because then you have the bot lane who's struggling a little bit. You have Abadage who's currently obviously struggling a little bit. Right. And then I think our bot lane can match that. And then I think Takui has currently been playing better than Abadage. So I think this is going to be kind of a cross-map match, right? If 100 Thieves can get Someday going and Closer going, may not be so good for us. But if our mid and bot get going with Jose Diodo, I think we take this match. And so... If you break that down into a percentage, that's three-fifths in favor of us. I'm giving it a 60-40 in favor of us. All right. I mean, that's pretty fair. Uh, I mean, have you considered the fact that 100 Thieves might play Tenacity? Instead? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I, I actually don't think they're going to play Tenacity at this point anymore. I don't think it's going to happen. I think yeah. the only way it happens at this point is if... 100 Thieves has locked their playoff spot, and they can't move up in the seating at all. 
The moment that happens, sure, tenacity comes in. He gets some reps on stage. But right until that until that happens, which isn't going to happen until week eight, probably. I don't see tenacity playing. Yeah, yeah, totally fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I still think my reasoning here is basically that. 100 Thieves, I feel like, could come online at any moment. And so I just worry that this is the week. And I also look back at our last game against 100 Thieves, and I think about how close it was and how it literally came down to a team fight and a couple moments where, you know, Kumo flanked in on the Trindamir and smashed Abadage into the ground with a sword. Or, mm -hmm. you know, Abadage again had a... Blank, you know, mind empty, head head empty, uh, you know. He was a warm body on stage. You know, in my lane, moisturized, you know, kind of <laughs> moment where he just uh, goes for the corky package and gets sniped out by a Vigar Q and ult from Tukui. Um, and I just feel like you replay that fight a couple dozen times and hundred thieves wins it more often than not. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. I think they'll be better than, uh, you know, what they, what they were showing back then. Yeah. In terms for, of for CLG, sure. in terms of CLG, uh, I just think we're better than CLG. I, I think that's just straight up it. I just think we're the better team. Um, they're clearly, they've got a lot to work on. Uh, I have high hopes for this CLG roster. I can't believe I'm, those words are coming out of my mouth. Um, but I think like Luger Poom, I, you know, hope they really continue to excel. I think Jenkins has actually been pretty serviceable. It's kind of their mid jungle that I think has been lacking, not great, especially, especially jungle. I, like, I feel bad for contracts, especially after he, you know, took, you know, it took so long for him to get back into the LCS. Um, it's just been a really rough, uh, rough split for him. And I just think Jose's going to run over him. Tukui's just going to smash Palafox in lane. And, I mean, let's be honest, show why we upgraded in the mid lane position. And, um, yeah, and then we'll... And I think Kumo's been really good. And I just think Johnson and Aframu are probably, you know, top four or five bot lane in the LCS right now. So, and... Luger Poom are simply not so I just think on paper and from what we've seen before we should uh win this one no uh yeah no I I pretty much I I agree I do however think Luger is actually really really good but yeah yeah it, it's not gonna make a difference I think I think if Luger man I don't want to sound like I'm flaming people like I think if uh if Luger had, like, core JJ, right? Like, I'm just going to take it to the extreme. If it was, like, a Luger core JJ <laughs> I, lane... I think if most people had core JJ as your support, you're well, going to look good. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. Uh, who's, who's, like, a top three support? Like, if you have, like, Luger... Luger Huhi or, like, Luger Mickey X, right? Or, like, Luger... Um, Luger like, Afro? Luger Afro, then I think Luger looks a lot better. Um, so. Yeah. And just, like, really really upgrades uh i think that's pretty much everything uh anything from you before we go to the closing 
This is not the time to plug stuff. Yeah. Uh, the... uh, uh, <laughs> you, you actually, you actually almost got me there. I almost did it yeah. again. <laughs> uh, no. Any any final FlyQuest topics before we close out the show? Um, we are a good team. Simple as that. We're a good team. This is this is a playoffs level team, and no matter what happens over the next couple weeks, FlyQuest fans should be proud of this team that FlyQuest has put together. Yep. And that simple. Period. Cut. Drop the mic. There it is. I agree. Fully agree. Fully uh, agree. Hey, before we close out the show, I want to thank two friends who subscribed tonight. Not like personal friends. I don't actually know these people. But internet two, friends. Two internet flight check friends who uh, subscribed to the show tonight. Thank you so much to Ars Key for the one month at tier one. And thank you to Silly Shadow for the Prime. Thank you both so much for the subs. Uh, yeah, happy birthday to Knox next Sunday. That's going to be pretty dope. Pretty <laughs> pretty exciting there. Uh, yeah, thank you both so much for the sub. Uh, if you do not have $5 to spare, totally okay. And even if you are subbed, what I would ask right now is that you look at the follow button on your stream uh, nearby or wherever it may be. And if it does not say following on there, hit that button because we are literally one follower from 100 and uh, it would be pretty dope to have a nice round 100 uh, in the followers box as I look at chat and uh, other things like that. So please hit that for us uh, and thank you all for your support. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Flight Check. Uh, LCS continues this weekend. Uh, Saturday and Sunday we play 100 Thieves. Uh, I'm sorry, we play CLG first game of the day on Saturday. And then again first game of the day on Sunday versus 100 Thieves. So we are right from the get-go. So if you need to, you can watch the FlyQuest game both Saturday and Sunday. And then boom, you're done. You don't have to watch any more League after that. Uh, everything will be taken care of for you. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter for all our thoughts and reactions. You can catch the show at Flight Check Crew, myself at SantosDB, Knox at Knoxwar with two R's, and Curly at Curly underscore double Q underscore. He'll be back on the show next week sharing all his hot takes, I'm sure. Uh, make sure to hop into the Flight Check Discord as well, where all kinds of esports discussion and otherwise takes place. We're always talking about the FlyQuest matches, Academy matches, any big LCS news or you know global uh, League of Legends news that comes up. Uh, be sure to hop in there. A lot of good discussion occurring. Really appreciate the community that we're growing there. Uh, if you missed any part of this episode... The VOD will be up on YouTube tonight or tomorrow morning. And the and also, it'll be here on Twitch as well. The audio version of this episode should go up on Spotify and all of your other favorite podcast listening platforms early tomorrow morning. And if you're listening to that right now and would like to catch the show live, we broadcast the episode every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time right here at twitch.tv slash flightcheckcrew. Come on through next week and hang out as we celebrate, you know, probably another 2-0 and, uh, you know, just enjoy that. 
<laughs> Rich uh, coming for no. you who predicted the one one. Well, look, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta be somewhat gotta be somewhat optimistic. Uh, it's fine. Any any final notes before we close out the show tonight? Um, let's see. Quarterfinals start for Proving Ground Open Qualifiers tomorrow, and then next week will be the semis and finals, so please go check those out. Make sure you're watching. Um, my final time refing is tomorrow. I actually haven't even checked my spreadsheet yet. I don't know who I'm refing yet. Um, but yeah, please go support the amateur scene, um, because our academy team more than likely will be playing some of these amateur teams coming up very, very soon. Um, outside of that, cheer on the boys. Hopefully it's yep. a 2-0 weekend coming up. Flight check weekend forecast should still be coming out per usual later this week on Saturday before the games open up. And oh yeah, we're gonna beat Hunter Talkbot. 2-0 oh, baby, yeah. it's happening. You know that's right. Uh, I'm going to while I randomly talk, I'm gonna start a quick poll. Uh, who are we rating? Is it gonna be Jose or is it gonna be Hunter Talkpod? Uh, I, I trust you all to make the right decision here. Who do we raid? Uh, for my uh, shout-out, it's going to be to Curly. Not here tonight, but forever, always in our hearts. Uh, we miss you, and looking forward to having you back. Uh, that is the show. We'll be back next week to discuss week six of LCS. So for now... Stay safe out there. Don't forget to hit the head on the nail. And we will see you all very, very soon. Adios. Have a good one, guys. And in honor of Curly, peace, y'all. Peace, y'all. <laughs>